Hi and welcome to Sitam Church Online. My name is Patrick Kuchio from Nairobi, Kenya. Now I have a question on my mind. Is love really the antidote of hate? Is love really the antidote of hate? Well, in psychology cycles, hate is not considered as a primary emotion. It is considered as a secondary emotion or a reaction to a primary emotion. So the question that begs is this, then what really is a primary emotion that drives hate? Well, stay tuned as we engage in this conversation that I've titled The Antidote of Hate. The Antidote of Hate. Is love really the antidote of hate? Now, in attempting to answer this question, let's find out what is the primary emotion that drives hate, because hate is a secondary emotion or a reaction to a primary emotion. Psychologists have agreed that what primarily drives hate is fear. Yes, fear. So when you see someone who is given to hate, you are looking at someone who is driven by some kind of fear. It was Martin Luther King Jr. who said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. By God's grace, I want to help you deal with this burden called hate that probably some of us are carrying unnecessarily. The Bible does say in 1 John chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves his brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. Verse 11, but anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. 1 John chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Given that Fear is a primary emotion that drives hatred. Then the right thing to do when you find yourself slipping into hatred or entertaining hatred is to confront that fear. Confront that fear. You see, we have all manner of fears, right from aerophobia, the fear of flying in planes, to xenophobia, the fear of strangers and foreigners to hemophobia, the fear of blood to hydrophobia, the fear of um, water. We all run into all manner of fears once in a while. 
As a matter of fact, there's a friend of mine who suffers or suffered from claustrophobia. This is a fear of confined spaces. This friend of mine would be very fearful to enter into an elevator or a lift or even a plane. They would be so scared of being confined in small spaces, they would begin to feel like they're losing breath. So when I heard that this friend of mine was claustrophobic, I challenged them to confront that fear. So I invited them to go with me on an adventure. And we went on this uh, tower, the eye, it's called the eye of Bucharest. And it takes you really, really, really high to some elevated uh, spaces where you can actually see the top and the tip of the city of Bucharest in Romania. And this friend of mine was very scared about this experience, but together with other friends came along. And we began to deal and to confront this fear of confined spaces. Then I invited them to visit me in Kenya here and they came for a conference. They had to take a flight. The last time I checked, they are doing well in confronting and overcoming the fear of confined spaces, claustrophobia. So whatever fear that is driving you, please address it because it can easily morph into hatred. Those of us who are scared of water, Probably the reason you hate water is because you're fearful of water. Those of us who hate strangers, maybe the reason why you hate strangers and you're therefore xenophobic is because you're fearful of strangers. Those of us who hate flying, probably the reason you're aerophobic is just because you're fearful of flying. So it makes sense to actually confront your fear. Now I invite you to confront your fear by walking in the light of God's word. Particularly in this day and age, when people are manifesting hatred for fellow human beings, I invite you to confront that fear because what you are responding to is actually a fear of another race, a fear of another ethnic group. But I invite you to confront that fear that you have by walking in the light of God's word. You see, you may ask me, but why do I need to walk in the light of God's word? The reason is because we have been socialized to believe all manner of lies. You see, when you read the book of Genesis, God created man, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to verse 27. Then God said, let us make man or mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, 
he created them. According to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, there is only one race, the human race. There is only one race, the human race. But we've been socialized to believe that the differences in our physiological characteristics can be explained as racial differences. That the reason why some of us are shorter, some of us are taller, some of us are lighter, some of us are darker, some of us have fair skin, others have darker skin, some of us have curly hair, some of us have straight hair. We've been socialized to believe that those differences in our physiological framework should be explained as races or racial traits. God created one race, the human race. I know you may be asking, so how do we explain the different uh, physiological traits, be it color, pigmentation, be it the shape of our noses, be it the texture of our hair? Let me attempt to explain. You see, in Genesis chapter 11, the whole world, the Bible says, spoke one language and they came together to put up one skyscraper at Babel. Please note that this was against God's instruction to multiply and fill the world. God had desired that the man he had created in his image and in his likeness would populate the earth geographically so that his image would be spread out across the world. But when man was traveling and got to a plane, a place called Shina, S-H-I-N-A-R, they decided not to obey God's instruction. And they decided to put up a skyscraper. But God came down and confused their language. And all of a sudden, people began to speak different ethnic languages. And so, human beings were genetically isolated from Genesis chapter 11. There were diff different ethnic groups that were isolated from Babel. Now, that isolation allowed for the various ethnic groups to continue propagating within their isolated genetical framework. That unique isolation resulted in some unique traits. Just in case you're wondering, then why do I have white color in my skin and black color in my skin? It is very interesting. If you want to appreciate this truth scientifically, those of us who live closer to the equator have darker skin than those of us who live further from the equator. Now, those of us who live close to the equator, the reason we have darker skin, scientists tell us, is so that we can actually be protected and shielded 
from the cancer, cancer that will be caused from exposure to the sun. The sun intensity or proximity to the sun intensity can actually result to cancer. And because we live close to the equator where the sun intensity is a lot, of, is a lot more than those who live further from the equator, God in his mercy and in his grace gave us this skin pigmentation. But those of us who live further from the equator, who have fairer skin, the reason why our skin is lighter is to allow us to generate vitamin D. That explains why you have white skin and I have dark skin. But we are from one race. We have one blood. According to Acts chapter 17, verse 26, which says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings. You and I share the same blood. I have friends from the white community, but it has never crossed my mind that they're from a different race. They are from one race. We are from the same race, the human race. In fact, scientists were involved with mapping the human genome have declared that there can be only one race, the human race. Some scientists have even gone ahead to say that the term race is altogether meaningless because we are from one race. You see, the pigment that is responsible for explaining our skin tone variation is called melanin. Melanin. The more melanin you have, the darker your skin is. The lesser melanin you have, the lighter your skin is. This is given of God. Now instead of us celebrating the uniqueness and the wisdom that God has given us, we want to believe that the difference in skin color goes further than the skin, that it's deeper than skin and therefore has implications on norms and behaviors. That is not true. That is ignorance. And just in case you're one of those who's caught in hatred because of a misunderstanding of racial differences, as you call them, allow me to disabuse you of that notion. God created one race, the human race but has allowed variations in our physiology based on our geographical locations to shield us and to protect us and to make the most of our differences. So I came to encourage us this day that in God's perspective, we are but one because he created us 
in his image and in his likeness. So it is therefore very unfortunate for anybody to hate another person based on physiological differences, which some people wrongly call racial differences. The question I began with is this. Is love the antidote of hate? I would say love may not necessarily be the antidote of hate. You see, if you hate flying, if you are aerophobic, the solution is not to love the idea of flying. The solution is to confront your fear of flying. If you hate water, the solution is not love the idea of swimming. The solution is confront your fear of swimming or the fear of water. If you hate strangers and foreigners, and therefore you are xenophobic, the solution is not to love the idea of falling in love with strangers. The solution is to confront your fear of strangers, your fear of foreigners. That way, you'll be able to overcome hate. So I call upon us, I do not know what you may be dealing with, maybe today, maybe you hate a fellow human being, you hate a neighbor. Could it be that the reason you hate that person, maybe even a spouse, maybe a colleague, maybe the reason why you hate that person is because you are fearful of them. There's a fear that is driving you to hate them. Please pause and find out what is this fear that is driving you to hate your neighbor. That fear might be unfounded, but nonetheless confront it. That is the best and most practical way of confronting your hate, by confronting the fear that underlies that hatred. My name is Patrick Kuche from Sitem Church Online. I invite you to engage with us in this conversation that I titled The Antidote of Hate. The Lord bless you richly and help you overcome any trace of hatred because God invites you to walk in the light of his word so that we can love him and love our fellow neighbors. The Lord bless you richly. <music>